right, so I think it's well known uh, that you don't know anything about sports. Nothing. Right I hate sports. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how many? So in football, okay, okay. Uh, you have a set of downs. Mm-hmm. How many downs does each team get before they turn the ball over? Seven. Very wrong. <laughs> so wrong. You get four. <laughs> it's a fourth. I game. was like, it's either four or seven. Then I was like, no, it's four quarters. Fourth. <laughs> Fourth down conversion, you turn the ball over. Um, how many points is a touchdown worth? Seven. No. What? Also wrong, it's worth six. six. And then you kick the field goal and it's seven. An extra point, yes. Okay. <laughs> a field goal is worth? One. Three. What? Yeah, so the extra point that you kick after a touchdown No, don't one. you... Do they kick it three times? No, they don't... What? No, they well, don't then why it is times. it seven points? Because you get six for the touchdown, okay. and then you get the extra point, which is one more. But why is it, th- what are you talking about, three? So you can kick a field goal without getting a touchdown for three points. Oh, wherever okay. Wherever you end on the field. Oh, okay, okay. But after the touchdown, it's one point. Yeah. Okay. Can you name a defensive position, and don't say like missionary, a, are you, because it's, you know, are I you talking the about football? Yeah. A defensive position? Yeah, because I know you. if I gave you offense, you would just say quarterback. Or running back. Which is has to do with what we're talking Isn't about. Isn't the lineman defense? <laughs> yeah, but can you name one of the actual names for them? So did, there are defensive linemen, but they have names. Like they're like their actual names? No. No, I got no, no. I know it all I don't know. You could say nose tackle, you could say defensive tackle, you could say defensive end. Those are the names. The okay, positions. well I didn't know any of those. <laughs> so Oh, that's so funny. What's the name of the uh, trophy given out at the Super Bowl, Nina? Hold on. Hold on. I know this. I don't think I do. I don't think you do either. I was going to say, <laughs> isn't it just the Super Bowl trophy? No. <laughs> the Super Bowl trophy. What an invent. They were a little bit more inventive than um, that. It's the Vince Lombardi. Oh, yeah. No. Championship trophy. No. Nope. It's named after Vince Lombardi, who won the first two Super Bowls as the coach of the uh, Green Bay Packers. Oh. Cheeseheads. There you go. There we go. Nina knew something. I knew that let's thing. Let's just say, so Nina listen, has got all listen, of these questions Listen, they interrupt wrong. my concert with a football game. Oh, my God. Every the concert year. is 30 minutes. The football game is three hours. They interrupt my concert with a three-hour football game. I bet you liked the weekend's performance, too. Um, I did in it first, but then when I read the creative and the artistic thought that went behind it, I was like, all right. You read into the lore? You read into the lore behind the halftime show? And you were yeah. like, mm, okay. I was like, I can respect the artistic vision. You're a fucking nerd, dude. That's coming from me. You're a fucking nerd. Well. What I'm trying to get at with this is that. I know nothing. Is that Niner knows nothing about sports, but yet she is leading us today on talking. This is the season finale, by the way. Welcome back into another episode. White collars, red hands. Uh, I'm Kashan. I'm Nina. That's Nina, and Nina's going to be leading us on a story of one of uh, the most decorated sports players ever. In history. Ever in history. One of the most decorated football players in history. And those of you who have been with us along this ride know what our season finales are about. Mm-hmm. And it's murder. But we do murders for every end. And I know you guys were <laughs> like, oh man, we've never heard of this story before. Never. The story of... This little known person, I don't know if you know their name, O.J. Simpson. Never heard of him. Um, So we figured, you know, it's never been done before, right? We might as well do it. Yeah, never. (laughs) No one has ever, ever, ever done this before. Like, I ask people, I'm like, do you know who O.J. Simpson is? And they're like, who is that? Um, Is that Bart Simpson's brother? 
OJ. Wow, good one, Nina. Thanks. <laughs> I'm trying to. Uh, what's the what was the the blonde? Uh, no, it's Jessica Simpson's brother. Oh yeah, Jessica Simpson. It's Jessica Simpson's brother. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, so Nina is going to be leading us on the first half. This is going to be a two parter. Yes. Uh, the first half of the story of the juice. This is only our second two part episode. Yeah. Not since uh, season one have we had a two-parter. Yeah. But there's just a lot in this, and we want to give you... The most info. The most info that we can. So, when we hear the name O.J. Simpson, we think of the infamous murder trial that took place in 1995. A man who had it all. Fame, success, cars, girls, drugs. That's everything. But who was he really? Who was O.J. Simpson before all of this happened? Come, listeners. Take a trip down memory lane with Kashan and I while we investigate who O.J. Simpson really was. Um, So we're just going to talk about his backstory a little bit leading up to the murder that he did. He commit it. Did he not? He committed it. Also, my favorite thing about O.J. Simpson is that there's a conspiracy theory that he's actually Khloe Kardashian's dad. I don't really believe it. What? Yeah, because Rob, Car- which we're going to talk about this later, but we actually won't talk about the Kardashians at all during this episode. But O.J. Simpson was very tight with the Kardashians. Oh, well, that would explain why. Robert Kardashian yeah. was his lawyer. Yeah. They were very good friends. And so they believe that he and Kris Jenner had sex and Chloe's really his daughter. Let's talk about, enough about the Kardashians. Let's talk about O.J. Simpson. Orenthal James Simpson was born on July 9th, 1947 in San Francisco, California. What a gross name. I know. Originally, allegedly his aunt named him Orenthal because she liked it and it was a name of a French actor that she liked. It's terrible. Why is his aunt naming him? That's not her job. Okay. I have actually heard so many people who's like, who do they were like, oh, my aunt liked this name and my mom went with it. Or like my aunt was like, no, you're going to name him after me. Congratulations. You were the child of someone who's terrible at decisions. Right. (laughs) So, or heavily influenced or someone, you were the child of someone who can't set boundaries. Like, no, you will not name my child. Like, or, oh. What was that you wanted to name him? Orendal. Can you believe that? Okay. But uh, he was always called OJ for good reason. And according to sources that I found, he didn't even know that his name was Orenthal until the third grade when his teacher read his government name out loud. He's like, who the fuck is Orenthal? He's like, who is Orenthal? I don't really, you know what? This is a trend. It's not a huge trend. But I know people who name their children one thing and then call them another, and I do not understand it. That's me. My name is well. I yeah, like why? Name, yeah, they, like, like gave me the middle name and then called me by the middle name, just making my first name. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, because <laughs> your for, your middle name, if you, if they swapped them, it doesn't sound worse. No, no, they really don't. I'm thinking of it in my head. Do you want me? Can I say your government name? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So you're James Kashan Bachelador. Yeah. But if you were Kashan James Bachelador. It's fine. Who cares? No one. No one. It'd be a lot easier for me, though, because then I don't have to say this fucking story all the time when people are like, Kashan. 
is that your real name? And you're like, yeah, it's my real name. It's my real middle name. Yeah, because they look at me and I'm obviously very white. And I'm like, I know. My name's not fucking Pete. Like, Peter. Sorry, man. But his parents were Eunice Simpson, who was a hospital administrator, and Jimmy Lee Simpson, who was a chef and a band custodian. No, that's what not a, it meant. It's a bank custodian. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I'm at a bank. I had a typo. I'm at... I was like, band custodian? That doesn't sound right. A bank custodian. Also, look look at Jimmy Lee working two jobs. Yeah, he must have not been a very good chef. Oh, that's not, that's not what I thought. I thought he just needed more money. So he was like, chef by day, bank custodian by night. You know? He sucked at one of his jobs. And also by night. <laughs> oh, you're going to find out what he did by night. And something that I... Uh, um, So then... OJ, he has some siblings. He's got one brother and two sisters, but only one of his sisters is still living. R.I.P. sister. Um, But something that I didn't know before doing this research is that OJ's father, Jimmy, was a well-known drag queen in the San Francisco Bay Area. I couldn't find any pictures. I don't think they took pictures at those kind of events in the 70s. Probably before the 70s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was probably in like the 50s and 60s because OJ was born in 47. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I thought that was very interesting that his dad did drag. Mm -hmm. And then I saw something, too, when I was reading that his dad, when his dad came out to him as gay, he was like, yeah, yeah, dad, I know. (laughs) He's like, I know. It's like painfully obvious. Yeah. You don't just like dress up in, well, sometimes some men dress up in women's clothes. But it must be interesting having like, like a gay dad that had been like pretending to be straight with that. What did, how does you, how did Eunice feel about this? I'm I don't, I mean, I'm sure she didn't like it because, okay. So I'll just go ahead and say this part in 1952, his parents separated probably cause they, he was gay. Yeah. And that's... then OJ was raised by his mom. Um, I have a friend from college whose mom and dad got divorced and then her mother married a woman. I, th- I think it was a pretty it was pretty weird for her to adjust to that because it was like, what? And her mom said she just met her wife and fell in love with her wife. Yeah. She never thought she was a lesbian before that. It's yeah. just like kind of happened. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think that Jimmy Lee was like obviously hiding the fact that he was gay. Yeah, you probably had to around this time. So yeah, you had, you definitely had to. Um, and when OJ was a child, he developed rickets, which is a condition. <laughs> what? I forgot he had rickets. He's like fucking, um, Forrest Gump. Yeah, he <laughs> is. Forrest Gump also he had is. Rickets. Yeah, he. So rickets is a condition where your bones are weak or soft when you're a kid, and then uh, OJ became bow legged because of it. But he wore braces, and I think I think he wore braces, and they got better. He did wear braces. Yeah. Also, you just need like calcium supplements. It's caused by a calcium deficiency. So drink your milk. Kids. So your weight starts like your bones aren't strong enough to support your weight in your legs. So they bow out. So they got to put the braces on there to keep them straight. Keep them straight as your bones develop. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, um, oh, I'm going slightly out of order, but that's okay. So we were talking about his dad being a drag queen. Um, but his father ended up coming out as gay later in life, and he unfortunately died of AIDS in 1986. So while OJ was growing up with Ricketts, he lived in the uh, housing projects of the, um, I hope I say this right, Potrero Hill neighborhood. Looks like about it. Um, he, he was not a good kid. He got, he was not well behaved. He got in a lot of trouble in his teenage years and he joined a street gang called the Persian Warriors. He was not Persian. I don't know if any of them were Persian. 
just this this reminds me like this would be one of the gangs in the movie the warriors yeah right it's where just there's like just a bunch of weird gangs like the guys that dressed up as baseball players and painted their faces yeah you're like just, oh that's the persian warriors you better watch out for you them. better watch out for them um and when he was ga- doing gang shit he uh, got arrested and was incarcerated at the san francisco youth guidance center which kind of sounds like a nice place i'm not gonna lie but um i i looked up pictures it looks really nice now I don't know what it looked like when he was there. I'm sure it wasn't quite as nice. Yeah. But um, according to one of his wives, his first wife, Marguerite, Marguerite, she describes him as a really awful person. Then, Nice. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Marguerite. Like, oh, he sucked. She's like, he was the worst. Uh, he and Marguerite were childhood friends. So she, she knew him pretty well. Cute. She's, and- uh, she lived. Believe it or not. Yeah, she so lived. So OJ didn't kill all of his wives. Nope, not all of them. I Just do half. think he beat them all, but I don't think he killed. He obviously didn't kill them all. Yeah. Um, but when OJ was arrested for a third time, he while he was in the juvie, he met with baseball player Willie Mays, not to be confused with OxyClean spokesman Billy Mays. Willie Mays, who was on what team, Kashan? The San Francisco Giants. Yes, that was the one he was on. He made the catch, which is one of the most famous plays in baseball history. Okay. In the polo grounds, like this over-the-shoulder over the basket catch. Like, he ran, like, 300 feet or something to get it before it came down. It's very unlikely. Look hmm. it up. It's really good. I won't look that Hall up. of Famer. Okay, cool. So um, anyone who knows anything about sports would not get him confused with Billy Mays. Is, all right, is, is well, what I'm I leaning towards. was like, oh, one of Willie those is Mays, less Billy famous Mays. than the other, and it's Billy Mays. No, <laughs> one of those is less famous than the other, and that's a Willie Mays. Oh my so, god, Billy Mays here. Um, <laughs> Billy was, Mays here for getting the juice out of prison. Yeah, um, and Willie really encouraged OJ and was like, "Hey, you need to clean up your act," and he kind of did. <laughs> He kept getting, he quit getting in trouble. I don't think he like. He quit the Persian Warriors. Yeah, I don't know. He if was he, like, I think something racially, this is just very insensitive. I think I'm going to leave this. Yeah, yeah. And OJ went to Galileo High School in San Francisco and he played on the football team and he graduated high school in 1965. Man, Galileo, your team must have been out of this world. <laughs> right? Uh, astronomical. <laughs> Uh, and even though OJ was a really great football player in high school, he didn't have very good grades, so it didn't he didn't attract much interest from college recruiters. He dumb. He well, I don't know if he was dumb or if he just didn't apply himself. Yeah, well, those are two very different things. Anyways, he had bad grades. He didn't get recruited by any colleges. He in 1965 after he graduated, he began college at the City College of San Francisco. And from a source I read. It said that he played both ways, which I thought it's it's not a sex thing. It's not a sex thing. You're it right. Sounds Nina. like a sex thing. And they do make it a sex thing, like you say. You know, they bat switch. You know, yeah, they, they switch. Yeah, 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 they. Yeah. They're a switch hitter. You know, yeah, but They're mostly baseball references. Yeah, sexes. Yeah, baseball. But um, this isn't a sex thing. He. Played as a running back and a defensive back. Another name for it is an Iron Man athlete, by the way, is a is a player who plays both sides of the ball. Okay. They're very rare. Oh, all right. Oh, it's like being ambidextrous. Yeah. All right. Um he was named the junior college all American team as 
a running back, which I guess is a big deal. I don't know. Um, it means you are the best in the nation at that level. Oh, okay. All right. Good job, so OJ. All-American. Yeah, okay. Okay. He was very good. So I guess there's this thing, or there was this thing called the prune pool. I just love how uncertain you are in every sentence of this. So I, there's this thing, I think, um, that's both ways of the ball. There's this thing, I think, called an All-American. Okay, so I I told Kashan I would take the first half of this story. Because he is really good at research, and I was worried I was going to mess up things in the second half of the story. But now, as I as I started researching, I realized I I maybe should have just had him do the whole thing. I don't know what's more painful: hearing you <laughs> try to describe sports, or what it would be like hearing you describe the trial that was going to be in the second episode. I might have done better at the trial. I guess we'll never know we'll because never now know. I got to hear this. What were you talking about? The prune bowl? Yes, which I looked it up because I was like, I don't know what this is. And I couldn't find anything about it after 2009. So I don't know if this is still a game that's played. It is the junior. What? Because he won it this year is the only reason I know. It's the junior college national championship. It's like the Sugar Bowl. No, it's like the BCS national championship, but for junior colleges. It's the national championship for junior. So so they won, and he was the junior college national football champion. Yes, at the Prune Bowl. And if you Google Prune Bowl... You just get a bunch of stock photos of prunes. Of course you would. I'm not kidding. It was so many stock photos kidding. of prunes. Uh, anyways, when his college played Long Beach State at the Prune Bowl, they beat them. He started So when they won this, he started getting attention from other colleges, and they wanted him to transfer and play for them. He also led the league in rushing both years that he was there, so that, yeah. that does it too. He was fast. He was fast. Uh, he ended up choosing to go to the University of Southern California or USC, and he played for head coach John McKay in 1967 and 1968. And okay, I'm going to read these stats. They don't mean anything to me, mm-hmm. but I know that they're going to mean things to other people. Yep. So when he was with McKay, he had 1,543 yards and 13 touchdowns in 1967. Mm-hmm. Which, that's a lot of yards. Mm-hmm. He led all of college football that year, I'm pretty sure. And then in 1968, he had 1,880 yards on 383 carries. Which, that did lead the league. Do with that information, Mike. Because that is the year that he won all of his awards in college football. Yes, because he was a senior in 1968, and he won the Heisman Trophy. Best which uh, is the best, the best offensive player in college football. Okay, so he won the Heisman Trophy. He won the Maxwell Award, which is the best running back in college football. And he won won the Walter Camp Award, another running back award. There's two of them. Don't did you just know all of this before this? Yes, you did. Yes, I played a lot of NCAA football back in the day, and it's actually the game I played the most in high school. So I just Wait, know all these. Is that like also I played football for? Is that like six Madden? Years. Yeah, but for college football. There's a Madden college football game. Yes. You know, just sometimes you, <laughs> it's just like, you know, so much about so many things. And I'm like, what do I know this much about? I don't know anything. Like, I don't know this much about anything. To be fair, literally all I do in my free time is find a YouTube hole. And, and go down I just it. like find something and learn as much as I can on YouTube about it. So. All right. Well, he graduated. Let's go to the NFL, baby. So, uh, okay, and I will preface this. I I should have said this first. 
from now on, I'm going to talk about things in chunks because I think that it's a little easier to follow. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk about his NFL career. Then I'm going to talk about another career that he had. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to talk about his personal life. Yeah. Because if I try to do everything in chronological order, it's going to get really messy. It's going to get confusing. I know I would be confused trying to tell you about it. So... No, here we go. And I think that's good because we're also this is the we'll talk about the good stuff first because mm-hmm. obviously he got rich and he got rich, uh, you know, and he was good at what he did. Yeah, and he was really good at playing football. But remember that at the end of this story, he more than likely killed somebody. He's a piece of shit. And he definitely beat his wives. And I don't support like they, they I can't believe they still let people who commit domestic violence like like they have a whole thing where now they you have to get suspended and stuff, but they let them still play. And I just think that's ridiculous. I agree. You should a, a requisite to be making millions of dollars in a professional sports league should be that you don't hit your wife. <laughs> so in 1968, OJ signed on to play for the Buffalo Bills. It wasn't easy, though, because OJ demanded the largest contract in professional sports history at the time. For a rookie. For a rookie. He wanted... $650,000 over five years. He wanted the highest paid contract in sports history all over all sports, and he hadn't even played a day in the NFL yet. That's insane to me. Yeah, well, it worked out. <laughs> no, I can't believe he got what he wanted. Yeah, because first, because like the Buffalo Bills owner, he was like, no, I'm not going to pay you for that. Like, that's ridiculous. And then OJ was like, well, if you don't pay me, I'm going to go be an actor. And so the guy was like, okay, fine. Weird flex, but okay. Yeah, so he was like, fine. And so then he agreed, he agreed to play him or to uh, pay him that. But OJ kind of struggled his first three years playing. He only averaged 622 yards per season. I don't know if I've ran 622 yards in my life, but that's bad for him. Um, I've definitely walked it. I don't know about running it, though. Um, But in 1971, the Bills changed their head coach, and they got Lou Saban. It was not... Related to Nick Saban, for those of you who know football out there, I know this means nothing to you, Nina. No, I don't know. Go uh, ahead and just, explain They have yourself. the same last name, but they're not related. Okay. Well, OJ did a lot better under Saban, and then he started rushing over 1,000 yards, which is, that's a lot more yards. So, in 1973, OJ broke the records and beat Jim Brown's single-season rushing record of 1860. Okay, 1,863 yards. So that year, he won the NFL MVP award. Yeah, and he also, so this, he remains the only player to ever rush for more than 2,000 yards. He rushed for 2,003 in this season uh, to rush for more than 2,000 yards in a 14-game uh, season. Yeah, he still holds that record. Well, because they, they're not 14 games anymore. They went oh. to 16 about five years after this, and then now they are um, they play like 19 in a season now. They just upped it again a few years ago. Oh, okay. But he broke a lot of records, and I honestly, honestly, if I were to sit here and read everything he won and all the records he broke, we'd be here for three hours. Yeah, just quick, the ones that I remember. He was yeah, like go a, ahead. He was like a six-time Pro Bowler. He led the league in rushing five times, I think. He led the league in rushing touchdowns twice. Uh, he was very, very good. Yeah. The best running back of the era by far. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was good at what he did. Like, yeah. he was a great football player. You have to give him that, but that's all you can give him. Yeah. Um. And so in 1978, the Bills ended up trading OJ to the San Francisco 49ers. And he only played for the 49ers for two seasons. Mm-hmm. His final, whoa, 
can't talk. His final NFL game was on December 16th, 1979, and they lost the game to the Atlanta Falcons, which I don't know much about sports, but I know the Atlanta Falcons, they're not that great. And so, sucks well, to suck. They sucked then. They sucked then. They suck now. They did make a Super Bowl like three years ago. Okay, but. yeah, but so, you know. So during the time his time in the NFL, he got the nickname Juice, which is a play on words from OJ, like orange juice. <laughs> so creative football players are known for their creativity. Um, but Juice is also a synonym for electricity, and he was electric. They called the uh, Buffalo Bills offensive line the electric company around this time because of, yes. because of that. Yeah, nice. Yeah. All right, that's kind of cute. Because they convey the juice, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And all this to say, he was a very accomplished player. Yeah, he was very good. He was very, very good. Um, but he, he was also later inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame and the NFL Hall of Fame on his first ballot in 1986, his first year of eligibility. So I have yes, he was very good at what he did. I have been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in North Canton, Ohio. Look at you. I forgot. Because I'm from there. What a terrible... Th- fucking place to put it yeah i don't know why it's there it's it's actually like i went in the third or fourth grade it's pretty cool from what i remember yeah of everyone yeah Yeah, that part was cool um and we went on a field trip which is the only reason i've been there i would not go there for any other reason i i honestly probably wouldn't even go there that doesn't sound very fun to me (laughs) it's the building's huge though i would go to the baseball one i'd go to cooperstown you're a very devoted baseball fan yeah of four years yeah so (laughs) I know more about baseball than you do. How's that? Yeah. Because it's more than zero. (laughs) Okay. I was at the game last night and I was like, huh, Kashan really obsessed over this for four years, huh? I had that thought while I was sitting there. How many innings are in a baseball game? Nine. Nine. Okay. You knew something. There we go. Nice. That's because I worked at a restaurant that was across the street from a baseball field. Doesn't mean you have to know that though. I will say that there was a girl who I worked with who did not know how many innings were in the baseball game. Great. Like, I don't know. She's like, she's like, there's like 12, right? And I was like, there better not be. They can go to 10, right? You can go infinite. Oh, God. If no one wins. All right. So, anyways, OJ, he's not only a football player, but he also is an actor. I didn't know this, actually. (laughs) Yeah. OJ began began acting when he was at USC after he won the Heisman. Um, His first acting role was in a show called Dragnet. In 1967, I've never, I've actually never watched anything that he's been in. Um, and he had a non-speaking role, so he was basically an extra. Um, you know, I I tend to find this since I'm an actor. There's a trend of, and I, I don't know because I have not watched OJ act, but I have to, I shouldn't be making this kind of judgment. But I have met multiple male actors who are attractive and then they get roles because they're attractive. And then they think that, like, they can actually be an actor. And it's like, you're literally only there because you're hot. It's like everyone in Hollywood. Right? Yeah, I know. There but are anyways. a lot of people in, a, like, not even, like, low-level shit like this, but very big-name movies and stuff that are terrible actors. But it's because yeah. you can do things in as many takes as you want. So all you have to do is look good. Yeah. That's the problem with Hollywood. It's annoying. So. So annoying. But, like, what's Nicolas Cage's excuse? I don't know. He's got a very famous uncle. Who's his uncle? Francis Ford Coppola, the director of the Godfather oh, series. Oh, I did not know that. One of the most decorated directors in all of history. I did not know that was his uncle. Yep. All right. Well, he was all uh, OJ, not Nicolas Cage. OJ was also on the first episode of Medical Center. He was in a series of Hertz commercials in 1975. The car company. Yes. 
And while he was in the NFL, he was also in the miniseries Roots in 1977 and in some motion pictures. Now, this miniseries Roots, I don't know if it's like Roots Roots or if... I don't know what any of these things are, to be honest. Well, you know the mo- you've heard of the movie Roots, right? No. Oh, okay. Uh, look, look that up, Kashan, because you should know that. Um, Thanks, Nina. <laughs> in 1979, he actually started his own film production company called Orenthal Productions. Named after the name that named he did not know he had himself. until he was eight years old. Yep. <laughs> and Orenthal Productions, they made mostly made-for-TV movies. So, yeah. And not the good ones, not like the good Smart ones. House. It was, yeah, not like Smart House. It was... It was probably more like a Lifetime movie. Ugh, terrible. You know what my aunt told Girl me one positive. time? You know what my aunt told me one time? She was like, Nina, you were born to be in Lifetime movies. Oh my God, you would be so good in a Lifetime movie. <laughs> it hurt my feelings, but I've also never been in a Lifetime movie, so I can't be too pissed. Yeah. And so also, according to Arnold Schwarzenegger, OJ was considered for a role in the Terminator, not the Terminator, but like he wasn't up for Arnold's role, but he was up for another role, but then he didn't end up making it. So that showbiz. Um, OJ also worked as a commentator on Monday Night Football. And then he also hosted an NS an NSL. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He also hosted an SNL episode. During their third season. The only murderer to ever host an SNL episode. You don't know that. The only... Uh, he's not even convicted. Mm-mm. I don't know who's hosted every single SNL episode. Why do You're I... You're having a hard why time am I, Why this? am I fucking that up? I don't know who's hosted every single Saturday Night Live episode of all time. I. You know what? If there was another murderer, I think we'd know. If, like, Charles Manson came on and hosted SNL, that would be a big deal, huh? Mm, probably. Would be interesting. Let's write them. <laughs> hey, Lauren. Hey, hey We have there. an idea for you. Uh, get Ed Kemper on the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Um, and so now we're going to start focusing a little bit more on his personal life, his family life. Um, he was a family family man. Um, oh, yeah. This next section is family man with a question mark. And if you have to put a question mark at the end, the answer is probably no. <laughs> no. Um we're, I'm just going to warn you, there's a lot of domestic violence that happened in this man's life. Um, he's a piece of shit, and skip it. Yeah. Like, quit listening, because the rest of it's bad. Yeah. I'm not going to get too, too into detail, because I'll do what I did in the last season finale and cry. <laughs> Oh, and, yeah, that's right. And I don't want to cry. Just every time we talk about him hitting his wife, we'll just say he Chris Brown turned. We'll leave it at that. Oof. Oof. <laughs> uh, don't even get me started on Chris Brown. Anyways. Ugh. Sorry. Chris Brown just pisses me off. It's like, why is your music so good? Why'd you have to beat Rihanna? Man, it's like every time I listen, to, every time Remix to Ignition comes on, and I'm like, fuck, this song's a bop, but also R. Kelly peed on an underage girl. <sighs> you know? It's hard. It's hard. Every Michael Jackson song. Don't, yeah, it just it depends on who you ask. They'll tell you that he didn't do it. Now, every song that was produced by Phil Spector when we talked about him. Oh, God, right? People are bad, and everything you, you listen to is probably made by bad people. Mm, but it's so Except much for maybe easier. Taylor Swift. It's so much easier if you don't know that they're bad, though. Yeah. All right. So, here's where OJ's family life starts with his own family, not his, like, I was. The family he made. What are we doing here? I don't, I don't know. I'm like all upset because of all these people that did horrible things. Okay. So anyway, in, in June, on June 24th, 1967, OJ married Marguerite Whitley. 
They had three children, Arnell, Jason, and Aaron. Unfortunately, their son Aaron drowned in the family pool at the age of two. He is married to Marguerite. That's great. He's still playing football. And in 1977, OJ went to a nightclub called The Daisy. Now is an exclusive nightclub. It sounds innocent, right? The Daisy. It's a terrible name for a nightclub. That doesn't sound nighty at all. Yeah, no, but it sounds innocent, right? Wrong. Wrong. While he was there, he met a waitress by the name of Nicole Brown. Now, here's where things get fishy. Nicole Brown, she was 18 at the time. OJ was like 30. Gross. Gross. But legal. But gross. Yeah, so I saw some mixed things. I saw some mixed messages about this. I saw that she was 18, and then I saw that she was 17. So maybe not legal. So maybe not legal. Well, she would have been the. She probably would have been the age of consent, though. In what? Where is this? In California. Yeah. I don't know. I think their age of consent is kind of lowish. Sixteen. A lot of states are sixteen. Most states are sixteen. Um, but usually there's a time, like there's like an age cap on that. Yeah. So I don't know, but anyway, here's my issue. Okay. Yeah, she's legal, but technically her breasts are not done developing. So like weird. Is that what we're basing it on? When are the breasts done? When did what twenty one? When are they done in the oven and they're out? And they're they're twenty one. But we can't make it twenty one though. I know, but like with a twenty one year old fucks, you know what I'm saying? Like when you're thirty, you want some underdeveloped breasts. Gross. What's yeah, but wrong I'm with saying, you? My balls are probably going to develop till I'm sixty because they keep getting lower, right? Oh so God. does that mean that the age of consent for me is I'm sixty? Whenever like my balls get to their lowest point, I'm just saying thirty and eighteen. That's a big age difference, and OJ's gross. Yeah, we both agree that it's gross. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So anyway, Nicole and OJ, they start dating, but he's still married to Marguerite. That shady, shady, shady OJ. And also, his wife was pregnant with their third child when they started dating. Fuck you, dude. Like, I'd be mad if my husband cheated on me unless we were like had discussed an open relationship. But I'd be like 10 times madder if I was pregnant. She's pregnant. He's cheating on her. OJ and Marguerite, they divorce in March of 1979. So um, Nicole and OJ have been involved for two years at this point. So they get divorced in 1979. I feel, honestly, I feel so bad for Marguerite because your husband leaves you for another woman. He's been cheating on you this whole time. And then five months later, your baby drowns in the pool. Like, that's a terrible six months. Oh, yeah. Like, that's so shitty. I hope she went to therapy. Um, Nicole and OJ, they got married on February 2nd, 1985. So they ended up having two children of their own. Their names are Sydney and Justin. Um, there's a lot of sources that say the abuse, the um, relationship was abusive. There's no question that the relationship was abusive. It was it was really bad. Sorry, I'm just stuck on wouldn't it be suck? Wouldn't it suck if the daughter named Sydney Simpson had a lisp? Sydney Simpson. Just wouldn't that be awful? Yeah. Anyway, what were you? What were you talking about? Abuse? Yeah. Um, well, it's abusive to name your child Sydney Simpson. But anyways, <laughs> I said earlier, I I just don't. I'm not going to go into all the details on how he beat her when he like every single time he beat her, it was bad. I got upset reading it, so like I I know I'm going to get upset talking about it if I got upset reading it. So I'm not going to go there. But uh, OJ. You know, him and Nicole got together when he was married to Marguerite. He also cheated on Nicole all the time, which is absolutely no surprise whatsoever. Never trust your partner if they 
left their partner while they were cheating on them with you because they will do it again. It does not work out. Yeah, like the only time... <sighs> no, it does not work out. Well, like if you're in a Terry Schiavo situation when you're like a veg- in a vegetable state in a coma and okay. then like they sleep with someone else, like, okay. This is, you're pulling out an extenuating <laughs> circumstance to justify it, but just like most of the time. Yeah. Can we put that caveat on it? Is most of the time, if they're not honest enough with themselves to be like, oh, I have feelings for someone else and cut it off with the other person before sleeping with you then don't fucking get in a relationship. With right. Like if you guys don't have a polyamorous arrangement, do not have an open relationship and they're going behind your back, like they're and they cheat on you with their spouse, like they're going to just continue to do it. Nicole called the police on OJ multiple times because of, of the abuse, but he was actually only arrested once, which is ridiculous. Um, on an incident, on New Year's Day in 1989, OJ was quoted saying, I don't want that woman in my bed anymore. I got two women and I don't want that woman in my bed anymore. In re- reference to Nicole. Um, in 1989, OJ pleaded no contest to spousal abuse. And like this part just makes me so sad for Nicole because um, Nicole ended up dropping the abuse charges that she filed against OJ because and a big reason for this was that it was because like she'd reached out to her parents for help and they refused to help her and they actually like encouraged her to make up with OJ and I a big reason why they encouraged her to stay was because OJ had gotten her dad a lucrative hurts deal and so he didn't want them divorcing because it was gonna maybe mess that up it's just ridiculous here's the thing Nicole Brown beautiful woman obviously she's beautiful OJ is I mean, OJ was a very, like I'll say, OJ was an attractive man. Even if he wasn't attractive, he would be pulling hot bitches because he's got all this money. He's a professional sports player. But he ended up convincing Nicole to get breast implants, even though she didn't want them because he thought she'd look better. Mm. And that also is just. This is a story I've heard a lot among rich, you know, like rich men who have like wives that they find that are less rich or successful than them. I'm just like, dude, I don't know. And I felt like this in the past too, when people have like felt the need to comment on my body. It's like, go find someone else. Like go find someone else that you find more attractive. Don't make her change her body for you. Like if it was that big of a deal to you, you shouldn't have married her. Yeah. Also, if, her breast size is a determining factor in the relationship. You're a piece of shit. So then Nicole Brown, she ended up, she did get the breast implants, but she ended up filing for divorce on February 25th, 1992, citing irreconcilable difference. Wait, am I saying that right? Never say it right. Irreconcilable differences. Yep. Meaning she liked her boobs and he didn't. In 1993, the couple made an attempt to rekindle. According to journalist Sheila Weller, they were a dramatic... Fictitious, mutually obsessed couple before they married, after they married, after they divorced in 1992, and after they rekindled. That's a lot of words to say that it was toxic. And then after they rekindled in 1993, Nicole ended up calling 911 on OJ saying, he's going to beat the shit out of me. When the police arrived, they said that OJ had an animalistic look to him and that his eyes were bulging and that his veins were popping out. He also, I meant to say this after right after the divorce thing he also said something about like the titty fix didn't work or something like that 
Like he thought that if she got breast implants, it was going to fix their relationship. No, nah, new titties will not fix your relationship ever. No, never. I don't, think, I don't think anyone would have to tell you that, but if you really needed to hear that, if you're sitting at home right now listening to this and your boyfriend's just trying to get you the new titties and you think that that's going to solve everything, it's, it's going to solve your relationship about as much as having a kid solves a relationship in that it makes it worse most of the times. So don't do it. But it might be fun to have bigger boobs. Mine are just as big as I need them to be, actually. I could go smaller if I'm being honest with myself. <laughs> I'm good with mine. I'm good with mine. I mean, I am. I'm good with mine. I, I'm not going to see. I, I'm not going to weigh in on this. No, don't. Don't. <laughs> so don't, don't. How's that? Don't. Don't. But um, <laughs> after that final in- incident where he was like looking like animalistic, um, their relationship finally ended. Nicole moved out of their home and she moved in with a friend who... Uh, did real estate and here's where our story where we're going to i'm going to say this part and then we're going to pause on our story on june 12th 1994 nicole brown was stabbed to death outside her home in brentwood los angeles california her friend ron goldman was also found stabbed to death she was found on midnight at midnight on june 13th in the fetal position in a pool of her own blood she was found with multiple stab wounds Her neck had been cut so deeply that it almost decapitated her. She also had defensive wounds on her hands. She was 35 years old and Ron Goldman was 25. And then this is, this is so gross. This is so gross. And if you watch the Netflix series on um, the OJ Simpson trial, they actually talk about this for a little bit, but. After her death in 1994, Nicole's friend Faye Resnick came out with a tell-all book about Nicole. It was really shitty, and it was just a bunch of hot gossip about their party days together when they were younger. And Resnick claims that she and Nicole hooked up and talks about all their drug use. And if you have a friend that dies and you just, like, write a smut tell-all book, go to hell. I think let's make this promise right now, Nina. Okay. All right. If one of us dies, the other one will not write a tell-all book about them about how many, how much drugs they did with each other. Well, me and you have done zero. Yeah. <laughs> As of right now. As of right now. Who know the future is just a who wealth, knows is a wealth of possibilities, Nina. Yeah. Ugh. I can't help but notice you didn't promise. Oh, yeah. No, I won't write a shitty tell-all book. All right, perfect. That's all I wanted to hear. No, no, no. I don't want anybody to know your deep, dark secrets. Yeah, so Nicole Brown, she's dead. And so is Ron Goldman. (laughs) What a... Um, Thank you. So... So so what happened? Who killed Nicole and Ron? Was it OJ? Probably. (laughs) Was he jealous? Or did they fall victim to a random murderer? Find out how the trial unfolds. And what happens in our next episode? That, so we're going to leave it there. Yeah, that's gonna, where we're going to leave it. We're going to stop right there. Yeah, you don't want to. That it, it'll, It'd be so long. The whole episode would be so, 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 so long. Yeah, no, we decided to do this just because, I mean, there is a lot in here. And I think the whole trial and, and uh, well, I'll probably mention some of the other theories mm-hmm. um, that are probably not real. Um, and just everything that goes along with the trial and the fallout and the fallout of OJ's life afterwards. Uh, and that deserves his whole own episode. So, yeah, but we didn't want to leave out all the stuff leading up and also well, the murder, you know? Yeah. So. And it's interesting too. I didn't know a lot of that. Yeah. So, uh, I still don't understand any of this forest stuff. The what? 
the sports stuff. Oh my god, it's just you gotta. It's years, Nina. It's years of knowledge. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not gonna learn it. That's okay. You probably know more about something. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll think of something that you know pop more about. Culture. Yes, more about pop culture than me. I do. As long as pop culture doesn't involve sports, which it does usually. <laughs> but I don't know who any of them are dating, except for that uh, Aaron Rodgers is now uh, what it, it, engaged to whatever. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, to this episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Uh, if you liked what you hear today and you want to support the show, um, you can do it for free by leaving a review or liking, sharing, uh, on whatever podcast service you're listening to. Mm-hmm. Uh, iTunes is the only place you can uh, leave a review, but uh, our analytics show that 80% of you are listening on iTunes. So if you want to stop by and give us one of those, uh, we love a five-star review. Uh, but if you give us an honest review with things to improve upon, we'll also listen to that. If you want to support us in a less free way, uh, we do have merch. You can uh, find yes. us at TeePublic. Uh, the link to that is in the show description. On whatever service you're listening to, go there. I still us. have. I also still have it up in the Instagram. Yeah, we get bio. a we get a direct cut from that and help support the show. Um, if you also want to support us, just get uh, us out there. You can follow our socials: Facebook.com/slash White Collars Red Hands, Twitter at White Collars Pod. On Instagram at white collars underscore red hands. You can also go to our website and listen to us directly there, whitecollarsredhands.com. Uh, if you want to submit an episode, there's something you want us to go over. Uh, we will be going over our uh, plans for season four after yes. the end of next week's episode. So you can get a, some recommendations in before we decide what season four is going to be. Yep. And you can send those recommendations to whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com. Please and thank you. And we love, we've already done what, three, maybe four fan submitted episodes? Yeah, and I already have one. We hit, there, somebody DM'd me on Instagram another one. So we'll do that next season. Yeah, as you well. can also reach out that way. Yeah, if you want to DM, if you want to DM on Instagram, I, um, Try to be good at checking the message requests. Sometimes I don't see them right away, but um, please message me. I will see it eventually. We also, I, I don't think, I haven't told this to Nina, so she's going <laughs> to hear this live right now, uh, but we have a special bonus episode that's going to come out after the end of this season. Oh yeah, we talked about this. And we're going to live stream it on our Facebook page. <gasps> we are? We're going to live stream it on our Facebook page while we're recording it. So if you want to tune Shit, in. Shit, I'm going to have to wear makeup. And see us live. Oh, me too. <laughs> if you want to tune in and see us live, uh, you need to follow a, our Facebook page to be updated about that. Oh, that's going to be so fun. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Um, is there anything else? I feel like there's something oh, I forgot. Oh, oh, oh. I was going to say something. Hold on. So we talked a lot about domestic abuse. If you or someone you know is experiencing domestic violence, you can call the domestic abuse hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. They also have a chat. They can You can text. It's free and confidential 24-7. Um, okay, now you can do the fun thing. Uh, we did get a review. We got a five-star review on iTunes. Oh, wow. By, um, oh, man, I don't know how to say this. It looks like Plimhukov. It's P-L-M-H-U-K-A-V. User on iTunes says, keep it up. Thank you for making my drive so much more enjoyable. I love the commentary between y'all. Y'all make me laugh with the silly jokes. And by the way, I think Washington had the bigger dick. Keep it up. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so thank you so much for that review. Uh and if you leave one like that, we might read uh, yours out on the podcast as well. So uh, I think that's it for this week. Finally, 
so once again, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week on the actual season finale Woo-hoo! of season three of White Collars, Red, Red Hands. Hands.